This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with someone that was on Super Fun Night, or Super Fun Night is part of Superstore, is my second favorite Canadian on the series following American Ferreira, or America Ferreira. Lauren Ash, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I am phenomenal. This is our very first official interview. I mean, we've ran into each other at Comic-Con. We've ran into each other at Critics' Choice Awards, NBC yeah. Holiday Parties, you know, all that fun stuff. Kept it casual. Now we got to pretend to be professional and actually work because season two premieres Thursday, October 29th, just in time for Halloween. It's actually season six, but season yes, six. it does. Yes. <laughs> Listen, they all start to bleed together eventually. But yeah, we're premiering October 29th. It's very exciting. In my defense, this is my seventh interview of the day. Listen, so, we all have a, we day. all had a get out of jail free card with with pandemic everything. So you don't got to worry about that, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but this is the 99th episode on uh, on October yes. 29th, and then the following week, November 5th, is going to be the hundredth episode. Yes. Um, I just also have to say, because NBC, after a while, thought I was making it up, but I still have the hat that they sent me for Cloud9. Ah, that's amazing. I love that. And then, of course, the um, European medium vest that they sent me as a Halloween costume, forgetting that I'm 6'3 and 310 pounds. <laughs> Listen, it's the thought that counts. You could frame that, put it on a wall, you know, reseal oh, when I do it. When I do a set visit, you guys are all signing it for me. Oh, see? There you go. You've already got it all planned. I love it. You know, we got to have some fun with it, right? Totally. Yeah. But not only are you Dina on Superstore, you've got a true crime podcast uh, called True Crime and Cocktails, and now it's going to be the Unsolved Mystery Edition. And I thought Christy's name was a typo because I saw an X in there, and I went, uh-oh, how am I going to say this? So how do I pronounce Christy's last name? It's Christy Oxborough. Christy Oxborough. Okay, so yes. you and Christy Oxborough are on this one. And Christy, I'm glad I didn't butcher your name and I had someone <laughs> pronounce it for me. Of course, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah this show, uh, the show just premiered actually with less than two weeks ago. Um, we are cousins by blood, but sisters by life. So the two of us kind of decided to take our late night true crime drunk conversations, record them and, and let the general public be a witness and be a part of them. And so it's been really fun. Season one is all about the new Unsolved Mysteries episodes that are on Netflix. And obviously Netflix just dropped a bunch of mo more of them. There's six more. So we're going to start covering those in the next few weeks. So it's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited about doing it as a show. Well, it sounds like a great concept. It's unfortunate yeah. Robert Stack isn't with us anymore. So he I couldn't know. be a guest on there. I know. That would be the dream, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I have to say you are the second Canadian of the day. Ah, and yes, I know there's a bunch of you go figure. There are. <laughs> the thing is, why are you like, you guys are some of the funniest people and no one remembers that it's all the Canadians that are funny. Yeah. Like some guy you work with, Mark something or other from kids in the what up. No, Mark McKetty from kids in the hall. Absolutely love Mark. Dave Foley, the SCT, the original SCTV cast. You know, Martin Short, John Candy, you know, Eugene Levy, you know, Andrea Martin, the list goes on and on. 
uh, Rick Moranis, but everyone forgets that you guys are Canadian or do they just ignore it? No, you know, I think that quite often people will find out I'm Canadian and then be like, oh, that explains it. Like we're, we have these weird passes to like the exclusive Canadian comedy club, which is a, a delight. But, um, yeah, people are often really fascinated and like, why are Canadians so funny? Like, why do we have so many exports that are so funny? And I always say that I think it's growing up in harsh winters. I think that that really, you have to have a sense of humor. You have to develop not only a way to stay warm, i.e. laughing, uh, but also just something so your soul doesn't get crushed, you know? And the other thing I always say about Canadians and comedy is we love self-deprecation. We love to make fun of ourselves. And I think that that kind of lends to some of the best comedy. Because if, if you don't take yourself seriously and you're willing to kind of try and find the fun or the funny in everything, uh, then chances are you probably will. So I think that it's there's a science to it. And I've I've been concocting my own theories. <laughs> Got it. So it's blizzards and booze. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the that's the headline right there. Absolutely. You know that that's our joint podcast, by the way, for for December 2022. Exactly. You're going to drag me to Canada, and then yep. we're going to do the show over there because yeah, you know, no, nothing like somebody that grew up by the beach in California sitting there and going, "It's under 65 degrees. I'm going to die." I know somebody referenced something recently about winter in California, and I was like, "Oh, that doesn't exist." <laughs> I know you think it does, but it doesn't. Yeah, a couple of years ago, my friend's cousin over in New Jersey was crying about how cold it was. And he pulled the biggest dick move because there was a palm leaf on on, uh, the driveway and took a photo and goes, yeah, we're suffering too. (laughs) That pretty much sums it up in in a nutshell, really. Coconut shell. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) There you go. Well, yeah, we we try, but... um, you know, season six, this is a big deal. I know we just lost last season, The Good Place. Yes. And that was absolutely hilarious. And Thursday night has become must-see TV again on NBC. And you guys are essentially keeping a 40-year tradition alive with that. Yeah. Um, cheers into Frasier and Friends and Seinfeld, Good Place, you guys. Like, how does that feel to sit there and you get – the, t- the eight o'clock time slot, the, you know, that leads into the rest of the musty TV lineup in that same honorable spot 40 years later and going, wow, NBC still rules Thursday nights. It's pretty surreal. I mean, it's obviously a huge honor to be a part of anything that's even close to that stuff. Um, I remember growing up and watching all of those shows and it's, uh, it's a, it's a really cool thing. Honestly, you know, I'm somebody who's very nostalgic and very sentimental. And so those things are like really, um, special and important to me. And, and I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they're continuing to do it. And it feels amazing to be a part of a show that can not only, you know, sustain itself in that slot. I mean, we've been in that slot for a very large percentage of the years that we've been on the air. Um, but also can bring the, the level of, of, comedy that that we do and we uh, to me the thing that's so special about superstore is that we're able to kind of reflect what's happening in the world and what's happening in the country in a way that people have really responded to you know and and we do it in a way and poke fun at things in a way that it doesn't feel soapboxy or preachy it's just really reminding people that these characters are reflecting the lives that all of us are living right now so it's not only been an honor and a pleasure thus far but i've got to say going into season 6 it it only continues we've been given a a, a you know 
a, a treasure chest of uh, fodder to base stories on given the last seven months of everyone's lives in the world and certainly in, in America. And so I'm really excited to continue to get to hold that coveted musty TV slot and also get to, to do some cool stuff in the process. You know, we're, we're portraying the people that have essentially been keeping the country running for the last seven months. You know, all of us have been able to eat and, and feed our families because of the frontline workers that have put their lives on the line literally to make sure that all of the rest of us can be taken care of. And, and that's not lost on me either. And I think it's a really awesome opportunity. And um, I couldn't be more proud to get to, to portray the people who really have been the heroes in the last seven months in the world and in this country. Well, apropos, the episode uh, that's kicking off season six is called The Central. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. And we start kind of it's cool. The first couple episodes, I, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but we do see, you know, what happens back in March, you know, to, to these characters, which we, we all know at this point, obviously going into season six, um, we go back in time to March and we kind of see what the beginnings again that we all remember, uh, living through. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool to get to see again, if we were a brand new show, I feel like it would be, you know, bizarre maybe, but because we know these characters so well, and we've been with them for five years. It is, I think, very interesting to see how they react and, and how exactly things go down at Cloud Nine, which obviously is a place that has, you know, a lot of issues <laughs> in every different way. So it's, it's kind of cool. I'm really excited for people to see it. You know, we've been, we've been filming now since early September, I guess, August, September. I don't remember. Time is a construct. Um, but uh, uh, so they kind of, all the episodes are starting to melt together, but I'm really excited for people to get to see it. Well, I saw the first episode already and ah! it was really funny. Uh, Thank I kinda, you. I kind of wished it was the closer to season five. Yeah. But, you know, time and you know the world falling apart kind of didn't allow that to happen. Yeah, exactly. But it's still a good time. Um, Mark is hilarious. And I will say the character of Justine has some of the best lines in this episode. So that is your spoiler. I love that. I love yeah. that. That's not a spoiler. That's just a teaser, my yeah. friend. I love it. Well, that's the closest I'll <laughs> give to a spoiler. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I get the emails every week from NBC. You can't, you don't spoil this. Don't do that. And I was like, you guys have seen my reviews enough that I don't go past the first commercial break in spoilers. Of course. So relax. Well, listen, if it makes you feel any better, we get those emails too, where it's like, don't, what are you doing? Don't put this on social media. You can't say this. You can't put these pictures out. They're spoilers. So I feel your pain. <laughs> you know, well, I just want them to actually just send me a vest that fits. You know, not, Listen. not a European child's medium. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the world uh, over ever allows uh, and we can have guests again, obviously you will have to come and visit us and we'll see that we can get that all taken care of. That would be fantastic. I would love yeah. to do that. Um, I have to ask you Shira question. Please. Since you're Scorpia and Shira, uh, they dubbed the show into multiple languages. You're Canadian, so we automatically assume that you speak 300-year-old village French. <laughs> Um, do they allow you to dub Shira in French or is there somebody else that does it for you? Oh no, somebody else does that. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't French my way out of a wet paper, paper bag. I, uh, I, I lost it. We, we learned it in school growing up and I, I could, I can understand more than I can speak, but it's definitely for the best that they hire somebody else to do that job. I, I don't, that's, that's out of my wheelhouse, unfortunately. Okay. Cause my mom's from Lebanon. So, you know, we were also uh, a French colony 
And right. I learned French when I was younger and then lost it at, yeah. at some point. You know, my grandmother passed away, no one really to practice with. And then every once in a while, I don't know if this happens to you since you learned it in school, but I'll dream in French and then I'll wake up and wonder why I can't retain it when I'm awake. Oh, that's so interesting. I haven't had that happen. That's really interesting. I love that. Well, you know who does speak French is Mark McKinney. So he on set, he'll sometimes speak French. And then that like, then I start to have those like flashback fever dreams while awake about remembering it from school and how to speak back and stuff. And I can get a little bit, I can get a little bit, but he's much more fluent than I am. And he's your dub for for the character in Shira. You know? <laughs> that would be amazing. Absolutely. If it was just Mark McKinney, apropos of nothing. I love it. <laughs> well, Mark can go pretty high, so you never know. He sure can. He sure can. Um, take us back from when the show first started six years ago. And, you know, I think I told you this when we talked in San Diego that I, you know, I can't confess to be an OG fan because I started at episode four. Right. Cause so much was, was, uh, leading into it, but I am, I am original from season one. Uh, but when you get the first script, like there has to be some part of you that goes, this is either going to be a huge hit. This is going to be a miss or you could have thought it was a miss. And then all of a sudden, six years later, you're like, wow, we're still here. And this is awesome. What's it like to get the reaction six years later for something and then go back and remember what it was like when you were cast in the series? Listen, from the moment that I read this script, before I even had this part, I was like, this show is going to go and it's going to run for seven seasons. That's, that's like, was my initial reaction. To me, the show is just so clear. It, you know, when people ask, what's it, what, what is that show? It's like, oh, it's the office set in a big box store. That's all you have to say. And people go, oh, okay. Like they get it. It's a very easy pitch. I find, some shows that can be great shows, if it, if you're having to spend three or four sentences trying to describe what the show is about, you've probably already kind of lost some people. So I think that was the first thing that hit me. And the second thing was the characters were just all so different and so defined, even in that pilot script, which is really a testament to Justin Spitzer. Um, I was like, there's no reason why this show won't be successful. I just really believed it. And and I've been right so far, so I can't speak to whether my prediction that a seventh season is coming yet. But uh, again, thus far, I've been right. And it's, it's, it is nice, you know. It's been kind of like, it's been a cool thing to watch grow. Because when the show first started, obviously, look, I get it. Viewers, they don't want to get their hearts broken. They don't want to invest in something and then it's going to go away in a season. They want to, you know, they want to make sure that there's some sort of longevity in these relationships, which I respect. So it wasn't until season three that we started to get like, you know, I started to get recognized a little bit more. And then by season five, I mean, that's when people have really started to find the show and they binge it on, on Hulu or now on Peacock. And the amount of response in that a span of time has been really cool and really interesting because again, it's, it's been kind of slowly building, but I've really felt a huge uptick just in the past like year and a half. So um, I mean, I get recognized in stores now with my mask on. Like people literally are like, oh, oh that's, that's Dana. Like they, they hear me and they're like, and I was like, yeah, it's me. It's me. And, you know, like to me, which is such a testament again to how popular the show has become. So, um, it's cool. It's really, really cool. I, I love the show so much. I love making the show. We, we all do. And, and it's just, it's nice to get recognized for something when you genuinely you know, love it because listen, there's lots of shows that you can do and you, you know, have a good time or a bad time. They can be successful or not, but you, you feel a little bit more like it's a job. There's a little bit more of uh, an ambivalence to it. 
Um, which is not a negative. That's just, you know, but in any occupation, in any career, there are going to be jobs that are like that for people. But this is just a different one. This is the one that, you know, I think all of us are going to look back uh, in the winters of our lives and, and remember as being a very special moment in time. Well, I will tell you from now, I think you're absolutely wrong about seven. I think you guys are going to like cheers level. Listen, you know? your words to their ears. Respond to those emails and let them know your thoughts. I've already told them. I was like, you know, uh, November 5th is episode 100, California part two, which I'm going to throw the name out from now, and, you know, and then on top of that, I want another hundred. So we yes. got to go the distance. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know, if Walmart and Costco aren't going away, Superstore shouldn't. And that's it. Again, I always say, I'm like, even if you've never worked in one of those stores, you've probably been in one. And if you haven't been in one of those stores, you probably know what they are. So this is something that's pretty universal in terms of being able to understand what we're talking about. Right. Uh, with everything going on, I know, I know 2020, like I tell, I tell everybody, we should just take the calendar year of 2020, drop it on 2021 and do a full reboot because yep. I want Halloween on Saturday. Yep. I want 4th of July and Memorial Day on, on Friday. I want New Year's on Friday and Christmas and whatever else. You know, so just if we can change the clock back one hour, we can change the calendar year and just drop it on the next one. I love that. I think birthdays shouldn't count this year. I think we're this is just a it's a wash. You know what I it mean? Will. Just it's a wash. We'll get through it and next year we'll 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 live the real 2020. Hold on, hold on. I remember your thong birthday cake and at yeah. some point you're going to have <laughs> I know. Yeah, but you're going to have another milestone birthday not too yeah. far away. Yeah. How do you top that cake for for the next milestone birthday? You know, I had one the year after that cake that was like my full full body um including my face. It was a real work of art. Uh but um, this year my party got canceled. Now I was not sick with COVID. It was in February, but I was very sick and I didn't get to have a birthday and man, oh man, what a letdown. You know what I mean? Like I, I was sad at the time, but now I'm like, I thought I'd have a makeup party by now, but anyway, say lovey. Um, but yet you're right. And this is something that I really need to think on. And the other thing I'm just going to tease is that I feel like cakes are great, but the next thing that I'm looking at is an ice sculpture. I'm just saying, I got a February birthday. I don't know what the design is going to be yet, but I'm already noodling on it. So stay tuned. Ice sculptures. If chainsaws <laughs> are involved, I want the exclusive. Right? Absolutely. Right. No forget, problem. Forget Us Weekly. It's Fanboy yeah. Nation on this one. All right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I love the, that you're still having fun with everything. You know, I mean, Super Fun Night was, was a fun show that unfortunately lasted only one season. Lars and the Real Girl was was a great movie. You got to work with David Carradine on stuff, you know. And here is this hit series that you were worked so long and so hard to get. It ha it has to be refreshing at some point, but there's also like that drive to keep it going because it, it took you a few years to get where you got. Yeah, and you know, I often say that I feel like I really am grateful that I've had that journey. I feel like you know when you see the stars that maybe got extremely famous at a very young age. They maybe, you know, have their freakouts and meltdowns and whatnot. I think when you get, you know, your success in your thirties, I think at that point, you know, you, you have, you've worked for it. There's a real value that you can put on it. You know, you don't, you're just, you know, so grateful that, that your hard work has paid off. But then to your point, you know, it doesn't stop, you know, people, it's, it's funny. I've, I've had people say to me, like, how do you feel now that all of your dreams have come true? And I was like, that's such an interesting question because are, are all of our dreams ever 
realize like that idea, then what's the point that then you should just throw it in the towel. You know what I mean? So I think it's about yeah exploring and finding what the next thing is and what, what's something else that you want to do. It, 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 I, I always say, I'm like, you know, the, it never gets easy. It just changes. That's what I always say. You know, the, the hard, the, the more success you get in this industry anyway, I'm sure in, in most industries, but the more success you get, it doesn't ever get easy. People are like, but you know, once you, once you're on TV and it's like, there's just a whole new set of issues. There's just a whole new set of, you know, it's just, it's never, you can't ever get complacent and just say like, oh, I've done all the work. Now I can just kick back. It doesn't really work that way. But, uh, but again, the good thing is, is that when you've spent a, you know, large portion of your adult life getting this far, it doesn't feel as daunting to just, you know, nose to the grindstone, keep your head down, keep pushing ahead. Right. And then six year old you is screaming that you're a super heroine on a, on a He-Man spinoff you know, X years later with, with Shira and the second incarnation of Shira. Totally. So, totally. You know, <laughs> now when they do the live action version, you need a cameo. Oh yeah, absolutely. Listen, I want to play her in the real, in the, in the real, why not put some, like, give me some lifts in my shoes. Give me like a good four or five inches. No problem. I can totally play Scorpia. Hey, there's a, there's a lot of male actors that have, you know, eight inch lifts. So I, I think you three inch 100%. lifts isn't a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, here's the thing. You now you have to go to a big box store. Do you avoid wearing polos and blue shirts just in case people ask for help? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't wear a polo in general. Um, it's you know it's too close, too close. Uh, but uh, I, I do get recognized in those stores a lot, usually by employees because I think that's our target demographic. Target? Huh? Didn't even plan that. Anyway, you're welcome. Uh, but yeah, I get recognized a lot. And quite often people who work in those stores are terrified if they see me, um, because they think that I'm like Dina, I think, uh, which I'm not. Um, but it's, it's always fun. It's actually, I love Target. Like that's where I, I love Target. It's my favorite and I'm a, I'm a bargain gal. And so, uh, it's, it's actually fun to watch people's brains melt. Like that's like a gift when you get to like watch people like put together who you are and where you are and like how weird that is. That's pretty fun. So it's always, it's always a joy. And listen, people are, are always like so excited, which is cool. Once the, the fear has worn off. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the fear question that, that I have to bring up. What's the yeah. most recent prank that you played on your mom? Oh shoot. You know what? I, I've, I haven't, I haven't not since the pregnancy prank. I have not pranked her again. That one was pretty extreme. Um, I'm not really a prankster. This is the joke, even though I pranked people on scare tactics for so long. Um, but yeah, you know, getting the opportunity since she did scare me as a child, she, she played a prank on me and, and I cried and peed on the floor, uh, cause she scared me so bad. It was very sweet to get that revenge so many years later. Um, and when, you know, when I told her like, look, this is just what's up. I'm, uh, this was my revenge for that time. You, you scared me so bad. She knew and she accepted it. She didn't at all question it. She was like, you're right. I deserved this. <laughs> so it was pretty good. It was pretty good. All right. I have to say with as cool as you are and how many times we've hung out at various parties, I want to hang out with your mom because if you guys are that much alike, I know she's gotten to that age where Nothing embarrasses her at all. Oh, she's so, been at that age for my entire life. <laughs> but it, but it's got to be a little bit, you know, a little bit more to the point of like, I don't care. Yeah, really sure. Kick me out. Sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. And Absolutely. I don't know why your mom sounds like a raspy smoker in my head, but <laughs> it just makes sense. It just makes sense. You know, but I want to hang out with your mom one day just to see how she reacts. Like, I'll I picture her at like ninety years old 
with a cane, just tripping people as they walk by. Yeah, that's not, that's very accurate. Very accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, people always talk about, you know, growing up, you know, I don't know if you were the funny kid growing up or if you played, played hockey or sports or whatever. And I'm going to pick on hockey because we're going to go with the Canadian stereotype uh, at that instant. But, um, you know, having the success now, how many people come back that were either rude to you as a kid or whatever and go, I knew you or I know you. Oh, hey, remember me. And like, how does that that reaction come about in your interaction with them? Um, A lot of people come back. A lot of people come back. And, you know, it's funny, too, because since I started the podcast with my cousin, uh, she has started getting a little bit of notoriety in her hometown of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. She's doing interviews like this. She's doing print interviews, radio interviews, et cetera. And I've told her, I'm like, just wait, because there's going to be people who are going to reach out. So um, it's an inevitable thing. You know, people, people obviously uh, very kindly um, want to, you know, say I knew her when, et cetera, which has happened to me very much. But, you know, I was fairly lucky. I, I did have, I don't know if anybody who specifically bullied me has reached out to me. I don't think so. Um, certainly not from childhood or high school. I've been pretty, pretty lucky, um, in, in that, in that way. It's just mostly been a lot of positivity, which is great. And I get it. Like, it's a cool thing. I remember like, I grew up, my hometown is like 20 minutes from where Avril Lavigne grew up and she hit huge when we were in high school. And like, everybody was all about like, Oh my God, you're from where near where Avril Lavigne was from. So I get that it's like, this is, especially I think for Canadians, we're just so excited when Canadians succeed. Um, that yeah, they, people come out of the woodwork for sure. <laughs> right. And since your cousin is from Moose Jaw, I assume you're from Belching Beaver. Uh, <laughs> uh, Belleville, you all, you got the first really? three letters okay, there. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. 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 I know Moose Jaw, one of our, one of our, there's also, yeah, there's some pretty interesting, uh, Canadian town names, but Moose Jaw's probably got to take the, take the, other than Dildo Newfoundland probably takes the cake for, yeah, mm, we don't know, but, uh, those two are probably up there for being the weirdest. Let, let's just chalk it up to being a Dutch name. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it is, there is some history to, to that. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll just leave it that it's a Dutch thing and, and not go too deep into that. <laughs> nope, no need. <laughs> Uh, with, with everything that's going on, how, you know, March w- was obviously the turning point for us. April, everything fully went down the toilet. Um, how were you able to retain your sense of humor in all of this? And then coming back to a series, knowing that now it's going to be a skeleton crew. I mean, you, you have the entire ensemble cast, but you can't have 40 people behind the camera anymore. It's got to be, you know, 12, for example. Right. Um, you know, we, I mean, it was interesting. I came into the pandemic hot where I was like, let's go, let's do press. Let, I can do, I can do a million of these. Get me on interviews, do whatever. I'll do Instagram lives, whatever. And I think that was because I didn't think it was going to last that long. So I was like, oh, I'll just keep my momentum going. And then, yeah, you know, come like May or June, I had, I think I'm the only person that burnt out during quarantine, which makes sense, uh, given my personality. But, um, but that was when I actually was like, maybe take this time to rest. Cause I think we're going to be in this for a while. Um, and the thing that really got me through one of the things was, uh, cooking. I taught myself how to cook. I've always loved to cook, but I, with TV schedules, it's like virtually impossible. There's just no time you eat all day at work and then you come home and go to bed, get up and do it all again. So that was something that was like really therapeutic for me and really kind of 
um, was, it was nice. It was nice to kind of feel like a semblance of like a real life. I think sometimes actors are, I'll speak for myself anyway, we kind of can I, I fantasize about like, what's my other life? Like my other life is like living in a cabin in the woods, like baking pies all day and, and fostering chihuahua puppies. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so it was, it was actually kind of nice to be able to take that time once I finally relaxed to just, um, yeah, do the, do the things that you don't get to normally do the, the, the simple things, which was really, really lovely. So that was probably my lifeline. So this is your pitch to get on Celebrity Chopped. I would die. I love Chopped so much, and I watch Chopped and then pause it after the basket items and say what I would make every episode. And so, yes, long story short, yes, please, Chopped, if you're listening, I'm ready. Put me in. I'm sharpening my knives. I'm ready to go. And, you know, we'll throw it out there for TLC since they become the 90 Day Fiancé channel. Celebrity 90 Day Fiancé. What do you think about that? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Obviously, it's nothing I would ever want to be a part of, but that is a, I, I mean, I'd watch the hell out of it. I'll say that much. Well, Will Sasso and I probably would too. I, I interviewed Will about a week ago. Ah. And it was another Canadian, actually. Yes. And, uh, we were kind, we were both kind of embarrassed. Uh, I, I broke it down. I said, we're both born in May. We're both bald. We're both 6'3. Our families are both from the Mediterranean world. And here we are discussing, a dating reality TV show on cable. Listen, that just feels right, okay? That feels like the stars aligned in a very special, very intentional way. Right. You know, we could have talked football. We could have talked professional wrestling. We could have talked comedy along with his animated feature. And we went 90 Day Fiance. So. Of course. Well, Angela and Michael, I mean, these are things that need to get talked about. <laughs> oh, that's your addiction now, too. Oh, I'm, I, I've watched every second of that programming and I'm, I, I literally like TLC should be paying me the amount of people that I specifically have gotten to watch that show. Like I honestly deserve kickbacks. I just want an EP credit. That's all I'm asking for. Makes sense. Right? Well, I just found out they have 17 spinoffs. So they do. It's a lot, but I, I, I mean, again, the, the quarantine was a great time to like, just really dive into that universe. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this show again, too. Listen, it's a phenomenon. But the more important show is Superstore because it's network and you hit a hundred episodes. Yes. Um, when did you guys is like you're, let's pick on you since we're talking to you and I'll pick on Ben when I talk to him later next week. Um, you know, did you count? Okay. We're at episode 36. Okay. Episode 37. I know it's listed on the script, but there's got to be a part of you that has that counter as you get closer to a hundred, like, you know, we see those shows that make it to like 98 and they get canceled or like, really, you couldn't give them the two. Yeah. 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 You know, what's it like when you see the, when you see inching up to a hundred episodes, like obviously it was a big deal when you hit 50, but now that you've hit your centennial, what's that feel for you guys? It's amazing. I mean, this doesn't happen to shows anymore. I feel like, you know, if you get two seasons, three seasons of something, normally that's like a big deal. Uh, in the current climate of, of television and programming, because there's just so much content. Um, it's the coolest thing ever. You know, again, like for me, I, and anyone on the show will attest, like, I'm the one that's like, yeah, of course we are. Like I've said this from the beginning, like, it's not a surprise guys. The show's great. Okay. Um, but that, that being that aside, it really is an amazing accomplishment again, to be a part of something that that can go for, you know, a hundred episodes and, you know, your words, God willing, another hundred more. It's, it's amazing. That's, that's a, that's such a huge accomplishment in general. 
for me, what was the, the sad part was that unfortunately I grew up reading like people magazine and us weekly and you'd always see the pictures of the TV shows and they've got their slab cake that says 100 and the whole crew and cast are there for these photos. But because of COVID, we can't have cake uh, on set, obviously. And we can't, uh, you know, cram in for a photo that close. So much to your point from earlier, 2021, I am going to, when we're finally allowed, I am going to force us to get that 100th episode sheet cake. And I want my darn photo, damn it. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. And you can get it at Costco because Costco has amazing cake. They're delicious. We're just going to name every big box store. Sam's Club, we didn't forget about you guys. No. Nope. That way everybody's on the same playing field yeah. and no one feels neglected. In the, in exactly. <laughs> and the 90 <laughs> fiance aspect. Listen, they don't need any more press. They're doing great, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's take it to that route. Would you ever become a reality TV show producer? And what reality show would you produce? Oh yeah, I mean, I my friends and I have talked about this for years. You know, my my one friend, uh, she and I, she's a great cook, and so we've often talked about doing some sort of cooking show together. Uh, I'm actually, uh, good friends with Rachel Ray and she, my best friend and I, uh, actually made a pilot once for like a reality kind of travel cooking travel, I guess is a better way of putting it show. Um, which was so fun. And it's a travesty that, that we haven't sold that yet, but never say never, uh, now a little bit more challenging cause we're not really traveling as much yet, but, um, absolutely. I love that world. And I'm a huge documentary fan. I think I, I like, that's, that's like my favorite form of content really. So, um, I think it would be awesome and I would do it in a heartbeat. Why not? People yeah, love it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God forbid you get to eat and, you know, go, go to Tunisia. Oh, how tell. Yeah, exactly. Why not? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Of all the horrible places to go, you know. Yeah. I, I love when people sit there and complain about traveling. Like, oh, I got to go here. I was like, yeah, that that's awful. Of all the places, <laughs> you know. Oh, oh, you got to go to Greece? That was hard for you? Oh, yeah. my condolences. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> when is your mom going to do a guest spot on the show? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know. She would love it. You know, she was, she was at, in community theater when I was a kid. Like, I grew up in like, you know, the wings uh, of our local theater. So she would certainly love that. Um, but she did, you know, she, she's very stressed about Christmas. You know, is the travel going to be able to happen? Are we going to be able to be together? It's very important to her. So, you know, that's her main focus right now. But if we're going to, you know, her burgeoning re-emerging re acting career could happen any day. So she's close to retirement. And then, you know, I think that's going to be time for her to, to take her next shot. Why not? You know, and then just have play Dina's mom totally boring. <laughs> I love it. You know, I love like it. Dina's mom is a total hippie. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, you, what I really love about the show is that everybody plays every character so straight. It's not shtick. Yeah. I mean, Nico's character is a little over the top, but it, it fits and everybody else goes, uh, goes along with it. Um, when what's like the worst part about the table read and the best part of transitioning it to, to the recording, because obviously stuff gets changed between Monday and the day of the taping. Like do you guys ever sit there and go, Oh, I missed that joker. It's like, well, it's out, you know, move on because that's just the gig. Uh, no, we have the luxury, obviously. So we, we do the table reads usually a couple weeks in advance. And then we, we have a full, well, during COVID now they've added a sixth day. So normally we would shoot an episode over five days, but now it's over six. 
And so if there's changes that have been made like that, um, we usually get them. There's, there's usually, a, there's a lot of different alts. So what you're watching is, you know, for one joke, we could have shot six different versions of different things, you know, and that's kind of what the luxury of time will permit. Uh, so there, that often happens actually that it'll be like, what was, wasn't there a joke here in the table read that we liked? And then we'll just like do a take of that because why not? And then you have it and they have options. So, um, nothing's really dead. <laughs> no jokes are ever dead. Let's put it that way. They're, they always have a chance to, to zombify for sure. Um, a lot of shows have Easter eggs in the background where it's like the same thing that they put all over the place. Like one guy on Instagram, uh, Shira Tyen decided to Photoshop Skeletor into every single one of their vacation photos to see if his wife realized it or not. Right. Do you guys, do you guys have like a stuffed animal or like a specific product that ends up in every single episode or is it just no, never thought of? We don't, but I do know that like our set, set dressing people do have those little things like, um, for a certain amount of time, Glenn, when he was the manager, had a Canadian flag in his office. In the break room, there's a can of Tim Hortons coffee uh, that I don't think anybody would ever see. There's like definitely little things like that that the the crew does for us, which we love. I think it's really fun and cute. I love those things. Um, and like there was an episode where Glenn had like a, a monkey hand puppet. And that, you know, in his office, you know, after that, when he was there, it was always somewhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much of it is even noticeable but they, they have those little jokes which we all like especially as canadians and fill <laughs> us in on the tim horton coffee for those of us that don't know oh if you don't know then you don't know and that's what's sad about it and uh it's also available in america now certainly at border towns you, there's lots of tim hortons um but if you can order it make it at home it's delicious i mean it's our national it's a national treasure for canadians and any canadians who say they don't really like it they're just trying to be cool the truth is is that we love it we're basically raised on that stuff from birth Right. It's like the people here that say they don't like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah. Okay. Come on. It's delicious. Got it. It's, it's one of those <laughs> things. You know, it's, it's that I'm too cool for the cheap cup of coffee when it's actually the best one on the market. I know. Exactly. You got it. For everything that, that you get to do now and, you know, episodes one and two are in the can. I know episodes three and four are going to be coming soon. Um, what do you think it is that really attracts the fans? to become dedicated to your show. Like people will still watch friends on Netflix on, you know, the Warner brothers cable channels on HBO max on top of everything else and wherever else they're going to show it. And you guys are almost, you know, I mean, no one's gotten like Dina's hair bun yet uh, as a fashion style, but you know, it, it has its loyal fan base to the point that, you know, people will dress up as you guys for Halloween this year, even though they can't go anywhere. Um, you know, how does the, how does that work for, for something like this and keep, like, keep the desire to be a part of it? Like, is there eventually going to be like a superstore convention? Oh, listen. I mean, I would love that. We had a great time when we went to Comic Con a couple years ago. There was a lot of cosplayers playing different characters. There's a, there's a gal that she goes to cons and in the daytime she's work Dina and then at nighttime she's sexy cop Dina. It's awesome. She does such a good job. Her cosplays are awesome. They're like note perfect. Um, so that's, that's so cool. I mean, enthusiasm like that is obviously just like the best, but you know, I think at the end of the day, the thing that brings people back and it's the same for any one of those shows, friends is a great example too. It's really just, you care about the characters. You become invested in the characters, invested in their relationships with one another. They probably remind you of people from your real life in some way or another. And 
I think that that, I mean, that's what, it's comfort, you know? Like, I know that for me, it's like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know what? I just want to watch an old episode of Friends. I want to watch like that one where, you know, XYZ happened because there's something comforting about seeing these people that you've known for, you know, 20 years of your life or however long. And, and, uh, and people say that a lot. Like a lot of people online will talk about like superstores become my new comfort show. I put it on because these are my, like my friends that I I've known now for five years. And, and there's something kind of nice about knowing who these people are, you know, who they are, you like them. Um, and they make you laugh and, and remind you of something because ultimately that's what it's all about. You know, taking people's minds off of, especially now more than ever, um, what's going on in the world is like why we do what we do. So, uh, it's, it's nice to hear that people kind of view us in that same way for sure. Right. And especially since I love to hate Jonah, but, yeah. <laughs> ben, but Ben's a nice guy. So I, I can't, he is, know. he is. All right. Here's a personal question then. Cause I know someone has to ask this at some point. Uh, have you, since the show's been on the air, have you been on a date and the guy was disappointed that you weren't more like Dina? Um, I don't know that that has happened, but I was certainly, I've gone on some dates where over the years where, uh, it was not revealed until we met in person that they were huge fans of the show. So that's always interesting. Uh, when someone's, you know, there was one gentleman and I met up with him and he couldn't look at me and he was like, episode six in season one is my favorite episode of magazine profile or whatever. He like went on this whole thing and I was like, Oh no, like this is going to be awkward. Um, you know, and then I'm too nice. So then I like stayed on that date too long, you know, like I was like, well, I feel like I got to give this fan an experience, I guess. So I guess we're just going to like eat this brunch. Um, <laughs> but you know, luckily I'm, I'm in a fantastic relationship now with someone who is amazing and supportive and, and loves the show, but that is not at all what, uh, he was looking for when we met. So, uh, it's great. It's great that I can also, you know, close, close that book, close that chapter of those is this person actually a secret super fan? And am I going to find that out on the first date? Hmm, let's see. But on the bright side, you had your Trekkie moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've covered the Star Trek conventions. I've seen the people go, all right. So in season three, episode seven at the 23rd minute, so, and like, wow. Okay. You yeah. guys got that level of dedication. So. I know that there's fans of ours on Reddit, which I'm not on because it scares me, but, uh, they like try and draw blueprints of the store, like based on how we've shot it and stuff. Like what would the store actually look like? They've tried to come up with like schedules for different episodes. So like depending on who was working when and like if they saw the clock, like what time of day it was. I love it. I think it's amazing. That like level of, of, uh, investment is pretty awesome. So. If we ever get a superstore convention, this is just speculation and for sure. fun. Which superstore should we have it held at? Oh, the original. Come on, Ozark Highlands. Store 1217. Come on, there's no question. We're not going to go to Fenton. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. No way. No, 1217 all the way. It's the only place. It's the fact that you actually brought the store from the show when I was actually talking about a real life convention in a real oh. life <laughs> big box store. Yeah, no, I, no, we have it, we should have it in the store. Come to the set. We'll do it there. Cause NBC would really love that, especially love right now. Yep. Yep. That's not at all a complete scheduling and uh, infrastructure nightmare, but yeah. Hey, why not? Right. <laughs> but on, on the bright side, people will get their toilet paper cause they'll be stealing it from the shelves in the, in the set. Yeah, listen, come on. 
we have to tease about that now. We're 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 far removed from the toilet paper craze days. So sure, exactly. We, you know, we can exactly. Tease we all remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I'm so excited with this sixth season because I can't give away spoilers in this and talk to you about it like oh, and this scene happened and this scene happened and this scene happened because it's going to ruin it for everybody else, and then NBC is going to reject my my access to to episodes three, four, and five when when those are finally on. <laughs> on the press site, but when people get excited for the series, you know, um, like I'm excited for it, obviously. And, and I've been a fan since episode four, um, to, to come along, like Phil Lamar, for example, he's a voice actor and, and I'm sure you've worked on some projects with him in various cartoons. will will remember like Phil, Phil's answer to when people remember something from say Futurama and he'll go, um, just so you remember, we only recorded the show once. You've watched it umpteen times. Has that moment happened to you where people will come up and like, oh, in season three and whatever? Because, you know, like the Reddit crowd that's trying to create the schematics of the store, obviously there have to be people that are like quoting Dina lines to you. Totally, yes. Now, first of all, Phil Lavar guested on Superstore. Uh, I think it was season four, uh, which I loved because he was he was playing like a voice actor on the show, which I thought was so brilliant. Um yeah, that happens all the time. People will bring something up and I'm like, I, I'm so sorry, but I, uh, sometimes I'll, it depending on what it is. And like, if the person's not asking and they're just telling me they liked it, I'll be like, yeah. And then afterwards I'll be like, I don't remember that at all. Like, I don't want to crush dreams, uh, in, in the moment too much, but certainly if somebody asks something specific and people do, yeah, there, there has been times I'm a, I have a pretty good memory. Like I'm a pretty good encyclopedia for the show in general, but there's always stuff where I'm like, oh my gosh, it really blurs together eventually. And I, what, what happened in season two? Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I don't 100% remember. <laughs> well, we're not going to remember what happened in season two, but we are going to remember what happened in episode three of your podcast with your cousin. That's right. So, which episode is coming up that that we got to look forward to? Because I know you guys are talking about like UFO stuff and missing person stuff and sex scandals and all sorts yeah. of crazy stuff from the new version uh, of unsolved mysteries yes what can we look forward to in this one other than you know you and your cousin drinking canadian whiskey listen the first four episodes have already launched so you can listen to them now they're they're live they're streaming everywhere on the internet but next week's episode is uh berkshire's ufo so that was the episode of the new unsolved mysteries the first season of course where a bunch of there was a phenomenon where a bunch of people in the same small town at the same time all experienced these in unexplicable phenomenon that they believe was UFO related. Christy has dug deep as she does. She's an amazing researcher and she comes up with some amazing stuff. And she has some pretty cool theories that are not extraterrestrial based about what exactly this phenomenon could have been that these people experienced. And I got to tell you, by the end of that record, as I am a believer, I am an X-File, uh, by the end of that record, I was kind of leaning towards her with some of the, the government conspiracy things that were going on around that time that uh, maybe could have explained uh, these experiences a little bit better. But for the episodes that are already up, there is amazing stuff. House of Terror, she discovered a sex scandal that was not talked about on the episode of the show. She's discovered, you know, military backgrounds into people that were potential suspects in cases. She's, she's come across, uh, you know, med- medical examiners that lost their licenses before they were performing these autopsies. I mean, She's truly made this her new full-time job, and I really do reap the benefits because all I have to do when we record is just show up. And as I always say, she's the Chuck D, I'm the Flava Flav, and it's really just her dropping truths and me going, what? 
wow oh my gosh like that's basically a large chunk of the show so people right. get into it people have already loved it it's been amazing you know um it's it's really really taken off in less than two weeks and we've already gotten a really solid uh fan base starting so i encourage everybody to seek us out uh give us a listen i think you'll have a fun time that is awesome and and with that because of your cousin when alien con comes back we're we're going we're gonna try guys get you guys a booth there Oh, they'll hate us. They'll hate us. We, we debunked them. We debunked them. They're not going to like that. No, don't debunk <laughs> anything. Go with the flow. Absolutely. You know, keep it, keep it live. Uh, the, the next episode, uh, Berkshire's UFO drops on October 27th. Yes. So that's going to be Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. And we're going to have a Halloween bonus episode coming for you on Halloween day. Uh, that does not have to do with any of the unsolved mysteries. We're going to be reading uh, listener submissions of some spooky stories and talking about our own Halloweens of our, in our childhood and, and uh, teen years. So that's going to be a lot of fun too. Teen Halloween. Hmm. Those teen are Halloween. some interesting times. Yeah. yeah. Sure is. All right. Before oh. I, yes, go ahead. Sorry. I'm just getting a call here. I got to run. <laughs> no, we got, I was about to end it anyway, so we're, no worries. Uh, all right. So give us a teaser for the si- season six premiere. Give us a teaser for, for the podcast with your cousin. Yeah. And then let everybody know where we can find you on social media. Of course. Okay. Sept- September. I already started it. Wow. Started out strong there, Ash. Wow. Uh, it's the end of the week. I've had a long one. Okay. No, let's go back. All right. October 29th, the season six premiere of Superstore is going to be hitting everywhere. We're obviously going to be talking about the pandemic. We obviously have America Ferreira back for her final two episodes. So episode one and episode two, we're going to see Amy. We're going to get that whole storyline cooking again, which I know we left everybody on the cliffhanger at the end of season five. So you don't want to miss that. You're also going to want to see how these cloud nine employees handle all things pandemic and quarantine in a store that we know traditionally isn't necessarily the most supportive of its employees. So stay tuned for that. Also true crime and cocktails, unsolved mysteries edition is available anywhere. You listen to podcasts. We have checked. It's all there. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun. Me and my sister by life. Uh, you know, we, we record at night in our pajamas, drinking booze. We like to call it our true crime slumber parties. So we encourage you to stream some of those episodes and look out for a new one hitting next Tuesday. Episodes drop every Tuesday with some bonuses added in along the way. Uh, and I would love for you to come and join us. Absolutely. I would love to be a guest if you'll have me one day. Listen, we haven't had guests yet, but we're talking about it. That's the all next right. thing we're talking about, maybe branching out again. So we're, right. we're, we're addicted to creating the content. You'll hear hey, from me. Hey, we figured out the Zoom thing. We can make it work. Exactly. Absolutely. And remember, everybody, don't drink and drive. Yes. Thank you. Stay yeah. home. Zoom well, and booze. There you go. You know, or when we go go to Canada, Canada, blizzard and booze. Exactly. I love that. And again, remind everybody of your social media stuff. Of course. Yes, I thought I had everything, but I didn't. On Instagram, you can find me at Lauren Elizabeth Ash. On Twitter, I'm Lauren underscore Ash. And on Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash Lauren Act, Lauren Act, Lauren Ash Actress. So find me anywhere. I'm there. I love to interact and send me a message. Perfect. Lauren Ash, thank you so much for your time. Super thank you. again. Uh, October 29th. I love the series. I wish I can claim to be an OG fan, but at least I came along during season one, so we're good to go at some point. That's OG to me. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for that. Yeah. All right. right. 